Scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. As we continue the sermon series through the Lord's Prayer. We begin the reading, Matthew 26, at verse 36. This, of course, is the the record of Jesus' agony in Gethsemane on the night before his crucifixion. Let us ask the Lord to bless the reading and hearing of his word. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that in your great love and rich mercy you sent your Son into the world for us, for our salvation. In his name, we pray that you will send forth your Holy Spirit upon us afresh and enlighten the eyes of our hearts, grant to our minds spiritual illumination, and open our ears that we might hear your voice speaking to us in Scripture. And we pray, O Lord, that your word would be implanted into our hearts and that it would spring forth and bear much fruit to the glory of your name. Through Christ our Savior. Amen. Let us hear the word of God. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and to his name be all praise, honor, glory, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And with reference to the Lord's Prayer... The Shorter Catechism, number 103, instructs us, let us read responsibly. For what do we pray in the third request? In the third request, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that by his grace, God would make us have the capacity and the will to know, obey, and submit to his will in everything as the angels do in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, depending upon our particular situation and particular 
needs at any given time. This petition may have different implications and applications. For example, sometimes we might pray, thy will be done, when we are praying for God to act in his sovereign power, to accomplish his will in accordance with his wisdom, righteousness, goodness, justice, and truth for the glory of his name. So we might pray, thy will be done, when we pray for our nation and for the nations of the world to be governed with true liberty and justice in accordance with God's word. Or when we pray for wars to cease, when we pray for the work of world missions and the spread of the gospel, when we pray for the salvation of the lost and the building up of the church, when we pray for the powers of evil to be broken and the works of wickedness to be thwarted, for the good to overcome evil in any situation, thy will be done. In those cases, it is a prayer for God himself to accomplish his will on earth in accordance with his eternal purposes, for his glory. Or sometimes we pray, thy will be done, because we really do not know how we ought to pray about a particular situation. We don't really know what to ask for. We don't have any clear insight about what God's specific will might be in a specific situation. Maybe you're faced with a particular problem, Maybe you're really puzzled about how it ought to be handled. You're not even sure what you think the outcome ought to be. In those cases, you really don't know what to pray except, Thy will be done. Again, you are asking God to do His will so that the outcome will be in accord with His goodness and His righteousness, His wisdom and His love. And then there are those times... When this petition is offered as a humble surrender, a submissive relinquishment, a prayer of letting go. Maybe there's a particularly painful or difficult circumstance in your life over which you have absolutely no control. Maybe a loved one is very near to death. And it's time to let go. But you don't want to let go. Thy will be done. Maybe there's a hope and a dream in your heart for something that you'd really like to do or that you would hope for your child. Get that new job. Get accepted to that college. But again, you can't control it. So instead of worrying about it, you let go. And pray, thy will be done. That's a prayer of relinquishment, of letting go. Trusting that your Father in heaven will do his will. In accordance with his goodness, wisdom, mercy, and love. In each of these cases, the prayer, thy will be done, is a prayer of surrender and submission to, to God. To what God will do to accomplish his will. Thy will be done is an expression of humility before God. It acknowledges that God's will is better than our will. God knows better than we do. God knows what we need better than we do. In short and in sum, God can run the world and our lives a lot better than we can. And so we pray in that sense, thy will be done. But that phrase, thy will be done, is only the first half 
of this petition of the Lord's Prayer. The second half, on earth as it is in heaven, shows us that this petition has a very different application to our personal lives. The main point, really, the main thrust of this petition is not that God would do His will, but that we would do His will on earth as it is done in heaven. Last Sunday, we focused on the petition, Thy kingdom come, and we emphasized the application to our own personal lives. Lord, may your kingdom come more and more and more in my life. May your kingdom conquer more and more of the territory in my sinful heart. Well, in the same way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a prayer for us to pray for ourselves about ourselves, that we would do God's will as speedily and happily As the angels in heaven do God's will. That's the point. This is a prayer that we would do God's word. Obeying the voice of his word like the angels in heaven. Think about it. The angels in heaven are never disobedient. There is no sloppy work in heaven. There's no slackness in heaven. There's no grumbling in heaven. There's no complaining in heaven. There is no excuse making in heaven. There is no whining in heaven. The angels in heaven happily, readily, speedily, perfectly obey God and do his will. And so Jesus teaches us to pray for ourselves, about ourselves, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a prayer that we would be joyfully obedient in the doing of God's will on earth. That raises another question. How do we do the will of God? How do we know the will of God? Now, that's a question that sometimes seems to be shrouded in mystery. Sometimes it is. There are some aspects of God's will, His eternal purposes, His plans, His providential dealings with our lives, There are some things that God has not revealed to us. You and I cannot know the secret inner workings of the eternal mind of God. We cannot know what God has not revealed. But here's the good news. We do not need to know what God has not revealed. We do not need to know the secret will of God. That's not what this petition is about. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is about doing the will of God, which has been clearly revealed to us in his word. God speaks his word and reveals his will to us in scripture. God has revealed his will to us in clear commands, principles, exhortations, warnings and admonitions written in scripture. So when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that we will do the will of God which he has clearly revealed to us in Holy Scripture. Now remember, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord's Prayer is found right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus clearly reveals God's will to us. For example... If your brother has something 
against you? Go and be reconciled to your brother. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Now, that's just a smattering, you see, just a little smattering of God's revealed will from the Sermon on the Mount. There it is, plain and simple. So, don't we need to pray for ourselves, about ourselves, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, whenever we think about God's revealed will for our lives, we ought to think of the Ten Commandments. We are called to obey not only the letter of the law, but also the spirit of the law, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. For example, the commandment, you shall not murder, means not only that I must do you no harm, but also that I must in as much as I am able, do good to you and seek your well-being. That is God's revealed will. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. That is God's revealed will. Now, don't we? Don't we need to pray fervently this prayer for ourselves, about ourselves? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in order for us to live as God's obedient children. Jesus said, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. What kind of love is that? It is self-denying, self-sacrificial love. It is God's revealed will that we lay down our lives for one another, serving one another in love. Don't we need to pray this for ourselves, about ourselves? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We could go on and on and on and on through the New Testament with real life, everyday, practical applications. What is God's will for me today? That's not a big mystery. It can be answered in numerous specific, practical ways, clearly revealed in Scripture. It is God's will that we repay no one evil for evil. That insofar as it depends upon us, that we live peaceably with all. It is God's revealed will that we live in subjection to the governing authorities. It is God's will that we use our spiritual gifts for the strengthening of the whole church. And that we give our financial resources cheerfully and generously for the sake of the gospel. It is God's revealed will that we flee sexual immorality. And that we rid ourselves of all anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk. It is God's revealed will that husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her. And that wives submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. It is God's revealed will that children obey their parents. And that parents 
especially fathers, not exasperate their children with overbearing demands and provoke them to rebellious anger. It is God's revealed will that we consider others more important than ourselves, that we treat one another with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven us. It is God's revealed will that we give thanks in all circumstances. What is God's will for me today? What does God want me to do today? It's not a mystery. It is clearly revealed in his word written in scripture. And with regard for those specific situations requiring specific decisions, which may be somewhat puzzling and shrouded in mystery, remember, you don't have to solve the mystery. If you are sincerely seeking to live by God's revealed word, if you are sincerely seeking to put these revealed principles into action as you make your decision, then you can trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you through the mystery. You see, our problem is not knowing God's will. Our problem is doing God's will. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. James 1.19 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But we got a problem, don't we? We know that we have not done and we do not do God's will on earth as it is done in heaven. Not sinlessly, not all the time, not happily, not gratefully, not immediately. What's wrong with us? Why can't? Why don't we? Why can't we be as happily obedient as the angels? Why do we rebel against what our good and loving God has clearly told us to do? I've got a problem. And it is me. It is my sinful nature. It is my heart and mind in rebellion against God. It is my, my will. My will be done on earth as I would want it to be done in heaven. That was Adam's sin in the garden. And that very same sin has corrupted my mind, my heart, my spirit, my will. What about you? What do we do then? 
What do we do when we realize how often we fail to do God's will? Even when we want to want to want to do God's will, but we stumble and fall, what do we do then? Well, listen. When we stumble, fall, and fail, then, again, we do what God has told us to do in His revealed Word. We do what God wills for us to do. We cast ourselves upon His mercy and grace freely given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, our substitute, our Savior. None of us does the will of God perfectly and completely. And so we all are completely dependent upon the One who did His Father's will perfectly. Jesus Christ is the one who did the Father's will perfectly, obediently. And He did it for us. He did it for our salvation. He lived a sinless life of perfect obedience. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me. And I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus lived this perfectly obedient life. Doing the will of his father for our sake, because otherwise he could not be our savior. If you're going to be saved from your sins, you've got to have a sinless savior. And that's who Jesus Christ is. His entire life was a life of entire obedience. But his obedience was most supremely seen in his obedience unto death, even death on a cross. On the night before his crucifixion, knowing what was about to happen to him in the garden, the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed in agony. My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He prayed that prayer three times. Your will be done. But you see, when Jesus prayed, your will be done, he was not merely giving himself up in passive relinquishment. He was not merely resigning himself to a horrible death. He was not merely letting go. No, it's more than that. When Jesus prayed, your will be done, he was actually committing himself voluntarily to the doing of his father's will. He was praying for the strength and courage and faith to do the will of his father, which had been revealed to him. You see, death on the cross wasn't something that simply happened to Jesus as though he were merely a passive victim. Because at any moment on that night or the next morning, Jesus had the right, the authority, and the power to call down his army of angels to deliver him from death. But Jesus prayed, your will be done. Meaning, Father, give me the strength and courage and faith To do your will. To drink this bitter cup. For the salvation of sinners. And then he did it. And he did it for you and for me. Of his own truly 
free will. Out of his love for his father, Jesus voluntarily did the will of his father, submitting to death on the cross as the substitutionary sacrifice for all our sins. He died under the curse of our disobedience so that his perfect obedience might cover us with his sinlessness. Through faith in Christ, we are washed clean and clothed in his beautiful robe of righteousness. This was the Father's will. It was the Father's will for his eternally beloved sinless Son to be the Savior of sinners. And it is the Father's will that all who look to Jesus Christ in faith will be forgiven of their sins and granted the gift of everlasting life and raised up on the last day to live forever in His kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the Father's will which Jesus fulfilled for us. So when we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let the eyes of our hearts be fixed on Jesus, who did his Father's will for us. With our eyes fixed on Jesus, let us pray all the more fervently that God would fill us with his Spirit, so that with joy and gratitude and an obedience that flows out of love, An obedience that flows out of love for Him, for who He is, for what He has done for us. We would more and more and more truly do the Father's will on earth as it is done by the angels in heaven. To God be the glory. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word and Your will revealed to us in Holy Scripture. We thank you for your word and will will revealed to us supremely in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name that you would bless your word for the renewal of our minds, the strengthening of our souls, and the transformation of our lives. More and more and more we would happily, joyfully, gratefully do your will and so live as your true and faithful children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.